All right, Jamie, back for another episode. Jamie Woodwell, head of commercial real estate research of the MBA. Thank you for joining, my friend. Glad to be back. All right, so let's pick back up right where we left off. Uh, I want to ask about supply-demand question and, and take it in the direction you see fit. Uh, but going into the pandemic, we had uh, a lack of supply in single-family housing, right? pretty pretty big lack of supply. And my understanding is the reason one of the one of the reasons behind it, one of the drivers for that lack of supply, was that you had overbuilding before the great financial crash of seven oh eight. Then, of course, whenever the market crashed, you had building drop off the edge of a cliff. And in the years since, we have not come back to even what would be considered normal, healthy levels of building. So that created uh, just a lack of supply. And then we got into the pandemic. And instead of a you know global financial crash that was based on underlying issues in the American housing market, you had a healthcare crisis, which directly didn't have anything to do with housing, but then had implications in the world of housing, right? You had lockdowns, which means nobody's leaving the house, so nobody's building. Uh, then you had, uh, you know, even at government offices, the processing of permits, incredibly slow, uh, so that, and then supply chain issue, right? That's another one. You had a significant supply chain issue, which still to this day is not ironed out uh, to where it was pre-pandemic. So all of these headwinds, they continued to exacerbate, continued and continue to exacerbate the supply issue. Uh, so I'm giving you like a one page long question, <laughs> but with that one page long question, uh, is, is there kind of a silver lining positive as we go through this period of economic distress uh, that we do have a little bit of a lack in, not a little bit, we have a, you know, a, a decent lack of inventory? So I think we do have a lack of inventory without a doubt, but, but we're also in a really interesting transition point now where given the rise in interest rates, given, um, given the economic uncertainty, we're seeing the market try and figure out on the single family side, single family home ownership side, where it wants to be. And so you've seen that with uh, with the sales slowdown. You've seen that with um, with uh, with some of the fall off in new construction activity on single family homes. Just just as you mentioned, uh, if you go back to the global financial crisis, coming out of that, we we actually had both supply and demand hits. So um, the on the supply side, just like you mentioned, we stopped building on both the single family multifamily side so there was very little new supply coming out of the ground at the same time you had the millennials you know biggest generation coming um coming out and starting to form households and so over the last decade you've had that um that big demand coming online and not nearly enough to supply uh, to supply them so uh, over the last five, six years, you've seen new construction activity picking up. And pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, we got back to the level that we sort of kind of needed. So we were back at a pretty good clip of new housing construction. We still had a big deficit that needed to be filled, um, but we were, we were sort of kicking along in terms of new construction. Um, we've now seen a bit of a pull up, pullback in the single family side 
Uh, and multifamily has continued to run um, run very strong. So we've got almost 900,000. Oh, we've got now more than 900,000 multifamily units under construction, which is actually the most that we've ever had. Single family, very different story. Um, but so what we're seeing now is that, again, the market's trying to sift through. We still have that hole. Markets are still incredibly tight. And market now is trying to figure out given interest rates, construction costs, land costs, and expected demand, where's that right level of new construction? And, um, and as it sifts through that, it's less and less likely that we're going to be filling that gap in quite as quickly as we would have absent the, the recent disruptions. Isn't it, isn't it always going to be just such a moving target that as soon as you cross that threshold of an appropriate supply level, that you know you're going to have building that it's not like building shuts off when you hit that level so then there's going to have there's going to be some need for some part of the economy to then suppress building so isn't isn't it just a constant moving target so it's it's definitely a constant moving target and you've got you've got the fact that if you if you see a need for a project today and you go build it um, it's not going to be delivered for some period of time and so there are there are lags in terms of meeting that demand and and, um, and and where that comes. There are also big variations by region, big variations by metro area, within metro areas. So lots of different places and you can have some markets that are oversupplied while others are still um, still super tight. So uh, I mean that that's why having such a robust development community is so important that they're always out there looking for where are the opportunities and the opportunities are where there is an undersupply and there's over demand so that they can go put new product out there to try to address that. Yeah. in in terms of opportunity, and I know, like you said, it's, it's market by market specific, but just when you look at American housing and, uh, you know, even beyond that American real estate, right. To include commercial assets, uh, what are some of the bigger opportunities that you see for next year for 2023? I, I mean, I think that the, the, the story of 2023 is probably going to be, um, be figuring it out. <laughs> that, okay. you know, when, we, when we start the year, I think there'll be some of the carryover from the end of this year of just some of that uncertainty and figuring out where's the right level of balance, where are assets priced um, as a result of where those asset prices are, where does it, make sense to do new development? Um, where does it make sense to, to, um, to look to older assets? Uh, where does it make sense to hold? Where does it make sense to sell? Uh, and so I think there's going to be a lot of figuring out in the first half of the year. And then my hunch is that as we get into the second half of the year, we're going to get more to sort of uh, less uncertainty and uh, people being more comfortable transacting, really feeling like they know where the market is. What that means is probably that uh, during the first half of the year, there will be more of those opportunistic uh, uh, chances. So people who are willing to sort of get out ahead of the curve, places where they think that they see where uh, the market's going and assets that might be, um, might be uh, underpriced, um, that, that'll be a place to go. So that, that could be any place from, uh, from retail where if there are investors or lenders who are still a little skittish about retail, um, I, I think that there's probably more comfort coming to that. 
uh, you know, even something like office, uh, those assets where someone feels comfortable uh, about investing in an office property, um, they're probably going to have less competition uh, in the here and now than they certainly would have back a, a couple of years ago and may have in, in another year or two from, from now. Um, so I think lots of, lots of pockets where people are going to be seeing, seeing some good chances. Yeah, I like it. And anytime there's a downturn, a silver lining is always sort of an opportunity. But the, you know, the the big piece there is that you you want to be cautious. You want to understand the environment you're in, and that you know, I can't remember if it was this episode or last episode. You mentioned you know, about assumptions. You talked about assumptions, and that the assumptions of today, you know, and yesterday are not the assumptions you'll have tomorrow, just because it's such a dynamic market across every metric. Um, so, so I want to pick your brain about something that I just thought of that, uh, I have no more work travel for the rest of the year. I'm very happy about that, but I spent most of, uh, at least the first half of November at a couple of, um, industry events. And I, I kept hearing at those events, what I've heard the last few months, uh, and think of this, if you could, through the confines of our space at my day job. So you have the mortgage market. And then you have what we do, which is lend to, uh, to real estate investors for non-owner occupied investment properties, right? And we'll do one SFR up to you know, 150, 200 unit multifamily. So mostly in the residential space, not in the office space or anything. So the best reading of the tea leaves, or not best, the most consistent, and this is consistent to a point where I'm... I'm skeptical. Uh, <laughs> it seems like it's a line that's been picked up and I, I just keep hearing it everywhere I go about everybody I talk to. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, the next six months, eight months, really taking us into middle of next year, conditions will continue to deteriorate or be at a, you know, at worst case, continue deteriorating, best case, be at this level of unhappiness from an investor and lender standpoint. Um, but that, you know, eight, 12, 14 months from now, so take us to the tail end of next year, the clouds will begin to break. Uh, and we'll start to see positive movement, you know, across most metrics. So the the estimate is, is just that that this time next year, uh, you know, the worst will be behind us, will be going up and to the right. And your initial reaction to that, is it agree, disagree? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a good question. I think this is another one where I'll, I'll go back and I'll sort of lean on my, my rubric of the space markets and the equity markets and the debt markets that we talked about the last episode. Um, yeah. And if you pick those apart, um, I think on the space markets, you know, multifamily has just been and the housing market has been off the charts in terms of the space market fundamentals, right? You, you've been seeing uh, growing uh, rents, you've been seeing growing values just at, at rates that are, we, we haven't really seen before. Um, so I, I don't think you'd expect to continue to see those rates of growth and, and positivity. So probably some stability coming there uh, in, the, in the next, certainly six to eight months. Um, uh, and, and a bit of a slowdown in terms of that growth rate. That doesn't mean that it turns negative necessarily, uh, but, um, but, but greater stability there. Um, on the 
equity markets, I think we're in that period of transition and the uncertainty there of just how do you, how do you figure out where you are today? And so that, that takes sort of, um, that, that takes transactions and people seeing buyers and sellers and that that'll come out and that'll, that'll happen over that six to eight month period. I think on the debt markets, um, that's a place where we've seen just dramatic shifts during 2022. Um, you know, again, from uh, a 1.6% 10 year treasury rate to a 4.5 to a 3.8, I think, as we're talking. Um, the shorter end of the curve, even bigger changes. And that type of volatility, it's just really hard to, to, uh, to operate in because it, it changes everything on a daily basis. And if you're going to make a loan, the amount of proceeds you can take out can change, can swing uh, by large amounts from one day to the next. So uh, to the degree we start to see the Fed's path become a little bit more predictable and stable mm -hmm. if we see them top out and start to start to perhaps head down or, or at least stabilize. Um, and if rates start to stabilize, then I see, think you see that, that debt market stabilization really coming hold so people know exactly where they are and where they're likely to be in terms of the debt markets. That then also flowing over to the equity markets, bringing some additional stability there so that at least the debt isn't as big a factor in the uncertainty about where a, an asset should be valued in trading. So, um, so I think that that stability is, is something that we will see coming to the markets uh, over, over in, in coming months and certainly in coming quarters. Yeah, that's a good word to focus on, right? Stability, because when I got into the space close to eight years ago, you know, we're still less expensive than we were then from a product standpoint. Uh, and that's something that we forget on the lending side. And I know operators in the space conveniently forget too. And it's like, you know, you're not giving me, you know, 5.99% on a new build uh, like we were a year ago. Uh, but when you look at it, you have to have a little more of a global perspective and, and zoom out just a little bit. And you don't have to go too terribly far back to see that, uh, you know, we're not, we're not as a space so expensive that you just can't do business. You just can't make money, but it's the volatility, right? It's that, it's that, that's really the chief driver of madness right now is it's not, expensive or inexpensive. It's not HPA. It's, it's just volatility, everything constantly moving beneath your feet. Right. I, I think that's right. Yeah. Fair, fair. So on that, uh, on that fun note, uh, let's wrap it up, my friend. I can't thank you enough for carving out some time the Monday after Thanksgiving <laughs> to sit down with me. Uh, you're a real champ. And I, I've learned a lot from chatting with you. This is no surprise at all, but uh, you know, our CEO and uh, good mutual connection, Jeff Tennyson linked us up. So I knew, uh, I knew if Jeff was making an introduction and speaking highly of you that uh, I was in for a good crash course. So thanks for sharing your insights. I really, really appreciate it, Jamie. Oh, it's a total pleasure. Thanks for having me and really enjoyed the conversation. For sure, for sure. We'll have to have you back again in a few months to give us an update. Uh, but thank you and thanks to everyone for listening. Take care.